sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio. This is Simon Rose, and now it is time for the Financial Outlook for Personal Investors, in which Russ Mould, Investment Director of AGML, returns to look at the world of investment from a UK perspective. I think, Russ, you want to have a look at the banks. banks. Yeah, can't live with them. Can't live without them, I suppose, is the, is, is the argument to a degree, I suppose, and that they're so fundamental to the UK economy, the global economy. And I think what's caught my eye is that the S&P Global 1200 Banks Index mm. soared by... 50% from basically Pfizer Monday through to May. And that index has now just rolled over the last, it's just now down 10, 12, 15%, a little bit like industrial materials, a little bit like consumer discretionary. So ne- you must never always slavishly follow what the market does mm. because then you're following the consensus and therefore by definition, you're probably potentially wrong, but you must always respect the views of the market. So the market right now seems to be perhaps saying there's something that's not quite right somewhere. Now, it may be summertime blues, because let's face it, volumes are thin. It doesn't take much to move prices right now, particularly in, a, in an area when algorithm funds and, and computer program funds generate so much of volume. It may be down to the Delta variant or, or COVID-related concerns over fresh lockdowns, economy not being as... Uh, vibrant as we would hope or as the market has anticipated after the big run, again, the big run up since Pfizer Monday. Or it may be something more malign. I mean, let's face it, banking stocks rolled over in what, 2006? Mm. Well below, well before the brown liquid stuff hit the metal holding thing and caused lots of, and, and then things began to go really, really badly wrong. So it's definitely a trend worth watching. And therefore, the results that we have next week from Barclays, Lloyds and NatWest, and then on the 2nd and 3rd of August from HSBC and Standard Chartered, frankly, couldn't be better timed. So, I mean, the, the American banks have set the tone to a degree. Their results were fantastic. But the upswing in profit was largely, again, from right backs of loan loss provisions that they took last year. Mm. Loan growth was negative. Deposit growth was very strong. So customers were still relatively risk averse day one say and so it'll be intriguing to see what the FTSE 100 big five have to say about that and on loan loss provisions and ultimately on uh, issues such as uh, you know cash returns to shareholders because yes. that's in the end if you're looking at banks and they're, they're generally let's face it in the west relatively mature businesses the globe is up to the gills in debt so there isn't a necessarily a huge amount of growth to be had from, from lending necessarily. If you want to lend to people who have got no debt, they probably don't want it or don't need it. If you want to lend to people who've got lots of debt, you might not want to because they're probably quite a high credit risk. So again, so that any growth that you're generating is potentially quite high risk. You have the regulator breathing fire. You have your reputational damage from 13, 14 years ago, still not really necessarily washed away. You've got fintech and challenger banks coming at you. So as a bank, life is, I know the listeners here won't be shedding too many tears, but as a bank, life is hard. And the quality of earnings growth that the, generated, the Americans generated was, was not great. It was either investment banking, where the money goes to the rainmakers or it's very volatile, mm. or it was loan last right backs. It wasn't true credit growth. It wasn't true loan growth, which is the ultimate secret source. So you've had um, a big run up 
or an expectation of bond yields going higher, but that's now reversed, an expectation that central banks will be more hawkish. I mean, come on. The central bank talking about, as we discussed before, two rate rises by 2023 is like a budget cleaning its throat. It's not It's not a vulture swooping down on defenseless prey. Yeah. So I think you've had that reversed a little bit, and now you've got worries over the lock, over the pandemic, and does that mean the economy isn't as strong? So that's probably why bank stocks have pulled, pulled back a little bit. So it, it's now up to investors to look and think, well, the UK banks, none of them trade at one times book value. They all trade below one times asset value. So is does this mean they're just cheap and the wrong price? No matter how bad things are, they're just cheap. Or does it mean the asset valuations are, in fact, not quite as accurate as we would like to be? And we'll find out over time. But there, there is a lot of money to be made, as was proven last year, when things can go from being just go from being awful to not quite so dreadful to a little bit less bad. And that's often where you find the deep value stocks, the best returns are made. So you can argue banks, I suspect, probably are deep value. They will therefore benefit if there's an, a growing feeling that an inflationary that a recovery is coming, that it's inflationary and the bond yields will go up, the interest rates will go up and the yield curve will steepen. Equally, if you're in the opposite camp, the world's got too much debt, the pandemic's going to stick around, central banks are going to sit on their hands for as long as they possibly dare, then banks are probably going to struggle. And if you look at the topics, I mean, the, the poster child for deflation easters is Japan. Because we saw a property and a, a, a property and stock market bull fueled by collapse in 1919. It's never reinflated to the same degree since. And the Topics Banks Index is down by 90% from its highs. And even now, the US and European and S&P Global Indices and American the, the Bank for Banks are not down that much. They're maybe down 60, 70, but they're not down 90. And let's face it, what's the definition of a stock that's down 90%? Well, it's a stock that went down 80 and halved. Yeah. So you, you, you can't be too glib about that because if there is more trouble coming economically, the banks are in the wrong place. If there is inflation coming and there is yield curve steams, then banks are in the right place. And so they're a hugely interesting barometer. So it'll be really interesting to see what they say next week in terms of loan right backs. It'll uh, loan loss right back. So it'll be really interesting to see what they say about deposit growth and loan growth. And it'll be really interesting to see what they say about net interest margins because they've kept on going down and down and down and mm. might now hopefully reaching bottom. And then finally, it's do they pay dividends? Do they offer share buybacks? Barclays has offered a buyback. Standard Chartered offers a buyback. HSBC has said, well, we don't really want to do quarterly dividends anymore. We might do an interim. So there are lots and lots of things there. I mean, in the end, if there isn't much growth here because the world's got mm. so much debt, the banks effectively need to offer a yield to compensate for the lack of growth. So that's when they need to go back to dividends or, or buybacks. So it's a, it's a really, really interesting uh, period. And if you're deep value, I think you might still think the banks are worth a look. If you're a deflationist or worried about the Western Japanese, you'll just go, I'm just not interested. Move on. Nothing to see here. Thank you ever so much. Let's just pause for a moment and ask something. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.
This is Simon Rose in conversation with Russ Mould, Investment Director of AJ Bell, uh, looking at uh, the financial outlook for personal investors. Um, Russ, we've talked about how the traditional model for banks has sort of gone awry since the yes. financial crisis so many times. But you've talked quite a lot recently about what I feel is an instinct that perhaps central bankers are wrong in looking through inflation, perhaps it's not quite as temporary as they think, in which case, if we are seeing interest rates rise more quickly than the central bankers are indicating, then presumably that would help the banks expand Normously. their margins. I mean, Normously, yes. you know, we're almost surprised that they could sort of survived under the conditions they've had to cope with. Well, they've, they've, had, they've been under fierce regulatory pressure. There's been tremendous reputational damage because of what happened 13 to 15 years ago, and they've had to respond to that. And they've had competition. Now, the challenge of the banks in the UK, you could argue it's been a success to a degree, but equally most of the ones that went public have now gone private or merged. So OSB is one of the very few that's left, which used to be one savings, known as one savings bank. So, so they have been called to order. They have had to toe the line. And if you look at the regulatory ratios, like the common equity tier one ratio and the leverage ratio, then they're actually financially sound. I, I guess what would probably niggle with theirs is that Greensill Capital went bust in plain open sight. Mm. Uh, our Kigos Capital, the hedge fund, went bust in plain open sight and did it at a time when the in theory the economy was recovering. In theory, stock markets were in bull mode. So it does make you wonder how much below the surface in terms of shadow banking or leverage is there. And, and it's intriguing that the the S&P Global 1200 Banks Index did roll over in the wake of Greensill and the wake of Archegos. Mm. So I think it has slightly knocked confidence in, in investors in the, 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 the system, for want of a better term of phrase. And I know we can all look at the accounts of the big banks and say, well, look, they've got assets of X and liabilities of Y and they're net off. So that if there is a global meltdown, the derivatives positions will, will be net net. But I, I as 2007 to nine proved, markets will go from looking at, oh, your derivative positions are net-net to, oh, actually, your derivative positions are gross $1 trillion plus. I'm really, really frightened because I don't know who the counterparties are. Yeah. So I think that is, is, is still an ongoing concern, given that two major accidents happen. And OK, the, the ripples aren't great right now, but the ripples were initially from the BNP Paribas and Bear Stearns hedge funds, property funds going down into June 2007 weren't very big either. And they didn't fully work out until a year or 15 months later. So I'm not saying we're, we're going to get a replay of that. But clearly, but that you can argue is one reason why banking stocks have gone nowhere fast in the last two or three months, even though we've all been still ostensibly in the bull market and looking at economic recovery. Because mm. people are thinking, well, if those things can go wrong when everything's great, what can happen when everything might, yes. might be less great? So I think, I think that's the key. And that's why. HSBC, Lloyd, Standard Chartered, NatWest, Barclays, all trade at 0.6 to 0.8 book value to 0.8 times book value because the investors are saying, well, we're still not completely convinced the book value is real. Otherwise, these stocks would be screamingly cheap and people will be filling their books. But that's equally the deep value opportunity. If you really think that there are better times coming, these stocks are very, very, very cheap. So it's quite a binary discussion, either ludicrously cheap or the wrong price and mm. never the twain shall meet. Um, I don't even know how important this would be to the banks because many bankers um, hate the fact that they got into free banking in the first place. We're one of the few countries, if not the only country, aren't we, where people don't actually, unless you get into the red, of course, where people don't pay for using conventional mm. banking services. 
I mean, if they ever manage to reverse that, would that make much difference to the banks? I, I can't see how you can reverse it. Once you give something away, it's very, very hard to chance yeah, for yeah. the future. I just and intrigued. I, and, yeah. and I, 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 I just you can look, you can look at that. Whether it's I don't know, mobile phones, telecoms. In the end, the businesses they've got the the best pricing power are those with phenomenal brands, with an installed base. So you've got captive customers that generate mm. service revenues because they're just sticky. Um, a technological edge or a market share lead. And banking is extremely competitive. And given that they've done themselves reputational damage, there's no brand power. There's not the brand power there that there was. The market share dogfight is on. Technologically, they don't have an edge. If anything, the fintech people have an edge on them because they're younger, mm. they're nimbler. They haven't got legacy uh, uh, IT systems. So I think in that respect, there isn't much pricing power in the business and the regulators don't want there to be. So that's a, that's a, that's a major challenge for them going forward. Um, I guess you do have an installed base of customers, which is good because people because moving bank accounts is still a bit of a faff and it's, it's yeah. in, it, it takes time, but I, it's easier than it was uh, than ever before. Yeah, I have to but say it's it, it daunting in advance and easy in retrospect. In, in principle, it, it's now it, it sounds dreadful. All my standing orders, and everything, I don't think it is that bad now. So I, I think there the banks, it, it's very hard for them, and that's another mm. reason why. They trade at the lowly multiples of book value that they do. So this is a little like the inflation walk. picture for, for investors to decide what to do about the banks. If they're an optimist, then the banks are screamingly cheap. If oh, they're yes. actually worried about what's around the corner, then touch them with a barge pole. Well, because again, the topics banks index went down ninety percent, and yeah. these, these stocks are down seventy eight, so they could still go down a long way. So it, yeah. it, it's really, really interesting. And I, I'm not sure these numbers will necessarily provide any clear direction one way or the other. But what you want to see is improving momentum in loan growth and slowdowns or decreasing momentum in deposit growth, certainly over the next two, three, four quarters. And yes, you would love to see the yield curve steepening because it would make life so much easier for them. But again, that's not guaranteed right now. But if, if you do get some inflation, then that, that might just yep. start to help them out. And they, they desperately need it. Russ, thank you very much indeed. Uh, I've been talking about well, listening really to uh, Russ Mould, Investment Director of AJBL, looking at the financial outlook for personal investors. Uh, Russ will be back again uh, with more fascinating stuff at the same time next week. Sharing ideas about money. This is Share Radio.